2020, episode 106. Have 2020 vision with Ion 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies, along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. What's up, everybody? It's Ray Eaton, your host of Ion 2020, the place that you come to Monday through Friday for the news and the related events with regards to the lead-up of the 2020 election, all of the stuff that's going on, all the craziness, all the uh, all the back talk, all the Twitter wars, everything. I'm going to be covering it all from the left, from the right, from the libertarian side. Uh, not from the left and from the right, but talking about what they're talking about on the left and on the right and uh, taking it from a libertarian perspective because that's what I do. Monday through Friday, I scour the news trying to find the stuff that, you know, that, that might be of interest to you so you don't have to because it is boring. Sometimes, you know, you're just looking for something, some kind of little tidbit of knowledge or whatever. But uh, anyway, so I hope you guys like the intro, that uh, little bit of uh, Rage Against the Machine on there. The reason why I put that on there, I like the... I mean, I've always liked them. I know that they are, they're anarchists, but they are like pure socialists. It sounds like to me, like when you look at, when you look at the, uh, the lead singers politics, he's a, you know, but he's a native American and he, a lot of the things that they talk about on their albums was always regarding to the native American issues and, you know, standing up for the rights that they have and so forth. And, you know, I, I always liked you know, they're, they're kind of like a counterculture movement with the way that they put out albums and so forth. I just thought it was always interesting listening to them. And I like the, the very end of that song. It goes, freedom, yeah, freedom, yeah, right. And, you know, that's what we always talk about that in America. We always talk about America is the land of the free and the home of the brave. But in some ways, there have been people that have been, you know, oppressed in the past, obviously with slavery and things like that. And those are things that were maybe not the best things of, about America at the time, obviously. I mean, clearly they weren't good things. And the things that they did to the Native Americans with, you know, pushing them out of their communities and pushing them, you know, towards the West, you know, forcing them, the forced removal of the Native Americans and so forth. I mean, they did it in Canada as well. So, I mean, it's just not America that did that, but it was the federal government that did that. So when they say freedom, yeah, freedom, yeah, right, uh, that's just, you know, in response to the way that the Native Americans, the way that different, you know, minority groups have been treated in the past by the by the federal government. Those are laws that were established. That wasn't the people. That wasn't just the people that did it. That was laws that were established. Those that, that was the government being used as a tool of brute force against certain groups of people. And we need to remember that the, the federal government has done stuff like that in the past, right? I mean, they did it as recently as uh, World War II with putting Japanese people in their internment camps. So they will do that. I mean, politicians will use the brute force of government against its people. And there's nothing you can do to stop them. Absolutely nothing. So that is, it makes it even more imperative 
in our world that we that we go ahead and stand up for the the rights that we have that we make sure that we're always voting for people if we're going to vote that you're going to vote for people that are going to you know stand for freedom and stand for liberty so important because of that and it's so important that we get out there and educate the masses about this this issue because the government has done brutal things in the past in the name of protecting you in the name of protecting the people i mean they continue to do brutal things overseas in the name of protecting the people and they continue to talk about you know propagandize the people towards more wars in venezuela and iran and syria in the name of security in the name of in the name of the people so we need to always be diligent in our pursuit of freedom we need to always be diligent in trying to protect freedom the best that we can it's not the federal government the federal government doesn't create freedom you and i create freedom right that's our job that's our responsibility that's the people's responsibility to continue to protect that freedom because all all we know is this is that governments continue to trample on freedom throughout history and throughout time and they always will so it's our job to make sure that that doesn't happen it is it's not i mean the the government while the government you know everyone says oh the government's great and and so forth i mean you hear people say that all the time people trust government i was reading a news article the other, the other day that was saying that the millennial generation trusts government more than any not the millennial generation sorry the generation y generation that is the generation of people that were born after 1996 so the millennials no sorry it's the generation z is the people that were born after 1996 generation y which is more commonly known as the millennials who were born from like 1979 maybe 1980 until 2000 until 1996 the millennial generation is that generation but the generation z is what they call the people that were born after 1996 that are graduating high school now and going to be graduating high school in the next couple years, right? In the next, you know, 10, 15 years. They say that those are the people, the young people of that of that age group, trust government more than any other generation, more than millennials, more than a, more than a generation Xers, more than the uh, baby boomer generation, more than the silent generation. All those generations, they trust the government the least. Whereas this Generation Z that's coming up, they trust government so much. I mean, I think it's like 79% of them say that the government needs to do more. The government needs to step in and do more. So when you put that much trust in government, we need to, when they put that much trust in government, it's our responsibility to educate them that no, government has done terrible things in the past. The federal government, governments across the world, I mean, the 20th century is just awash with governments doing terrible things to their people that mur- that killed millions upon millions of people, starving people in Ukraine, in China with Mao, starving his populations, with Hitler who, you know, had the Holocaust, which, you know, cleansing, ethnic cleansing, things like that. Our federal government with, you know, Jim Crow laws separate but equal laws with taking Japan, Japanese Americans and put them in inter- internment camps and I think they did the same thing with Germans during World War I 
it's just ter- like they will trample on your liberties if they can. So it's our responsibility to to get out there and let people know that that's the case. That while the government may have useful ends, useful things that a lot of us say that the government could and should do, whereas you know the anarchists would say the government has no legitimate responsibility, they know no, no legitimate use that all things can be done better without government as long as you, you know, harbor free enterprise and so forth. Um, Until we get to that point, though, obviously, you have to start whittling away that government, right? But there are things, I mean, if if there are legitimate things for the government to do, that's that's an argument for another conversation. What I'm saying is that what we need to do is make sure that the leaders that we push forward, that we're voting for leaders that are going to respect liberty, but we're also going to educate the people. Because you, if you don't vote, if you don't vote, which I don't vote, at least you can get out there and educate people towards liberty, towards personal responsibility, towards a libertarian message of non-aggression. That's what we can do. That's what we need to do. We need to protect our liberty, and the only way to do that is by making sure that other people understand that government is just is just if anything a necessary evil and that's it it's a necessary evil at the at the very at, you know at the very minimum it's a necessary evil that we need to tolerate but that we need to control that as a people right we need to by by watering that tree of liberty constantly and that's what we need to do that is what we as libertarians need to do. We are the ones that understand liberty. So that's what we need to get out there and do it on a daily basis. On a daily basis, educating the people. And then if we are going to vote, if that's a moral decision that you make, they need to vote for leaders and people that are going to tear apart and limit that government the best that they can. Because we know from past experience that government will trample on your rights every single day as much as they can. So when I put that in there, freedom, freedom, yeah, right, that's what I'm talking about. Because everyone in America, you always hear it constantly, we are the land of the free, the home of the brave. And that's true in some ways, but our government is the enemy of that in some ways also. Our politicians are the enemy of that in a lot of ways. They take an oath to defend the Constitution. They took an oath that they will protect the Constitution, yet they trample on it on a daily basis. With every law that they pass, they trample on it. And that that, that is why we need to be adamant about making sure that, you know, we are protecting that that constitution in that in that sense right now i know a lot of libertarians say oh the constitution you know especially like the the far you know the the anarcho-capitalist libertarians they will say something to the effect of yeah the, the the constitution is not you know a document that we need to respect because uh it's you know we didn't sign it it's not our you know it's not something that we agreed to and so forth that's fine i didn't agree to it either nobody agreed to it in america that is the go- that is the paper that is supposed to limit the government 
It's not the paper that you have to live under or I have to live under. It's a piece of paper that says that's what the government's allowed to do. So we need to hold our government accountable to hold, to living under that go- under that document is what it comes down to because that's the government that we're forced to live under. So to me, I mean, Lysander Spooner, he gets it right in that in that exact sense. In my in my opinion, he gets it right that you and I we didn't sign that document, right? It's if anything, it is a group of people, about less than one percent of the population alive at the time, you know, got together and decided what the constitution was going to be. That is right, but that is just a limit. That is a document that is supposed to limit the people in Washington, D.C. Limit the size and scope of the government that we live under, and that's it. And it's for us, as people, to kind of know that document, know it enough to where we can hold our leaders accountable to that. And when I say leaders, I speak very, um, I don't know, I I don't take that term very seriously, is what I'm trying to say. I speak very liberally about the term leader, let's just say that. Because those people, a lot of times what they're trying to do is, they're, uh, most of them up there in Washington, they're just trying to take more and more of your freedoms as much as they can without you rebelling against it. That's what they're trying to do. So, freedom? Yeah, right. That's, what I, that's why I put that in there. Um, so hopefully, going forward, and you know, as, as I move forward this show, I'm starting to trying to push this whole agenda of getting you out there to act right i'm trying to push that and that i'm going in that general direction trying to get you to be motivated in order to get out there and protect what we have you know and and try to tear down the things that are not so that, that we're not supposed to have if we can start doing that if we could all be inspired by ron paul what he says and just do something do something that's what he said someone came up to him one time should i run for office and ron paul said well just do something do something water that tree of liberty that's what you should do that's what we all should do so let's hop into um a little bit of a i guess a lighter topic because i get really serious sometimes when it comes to those issues but hey you know what that's what this show is for right to uh, bring you news events and also to maybe inspire you towards action so that's what i'm going to do you know i do that monday through friday for you hey if you like what you hear though go ahead and subscribe to the show also i'm saying that right in the middle of the show but um i didn't get to say that in the beginning go and subscribe to the show and uh, give me a five-star rating that's what i'd love to see as well more five-star ratings that gets me into those uh, algorithms where people start saying whoa look at that guy he's rated five stars has a hundred and you know six episodes out now and this you now this must be a great podcast because he has tons and tons of five-star ratings and if you could do that that that, that would really help me out to uh, get the show moving forward in the direction that we need to take it as well all right but i appreciate any of you guys listening and if you're a first-time listener subscribe to the show so you can see here tomorrow that would be that would be key as well so lately i've been I've been reading a lot of articles. I've been watching the news and so forth. And I don't watch a lot of like the Fox News, CNN and all that. But I'll watch some YouTube news, like things that I see that are specifically maybe from Fox News or from MSNBC or ABC that are on, 
you know, a YouTube clip or something. But you hear a lot about, you know, Trump's tariffs and so forth. And he recently started, you know, he, he's trying to pass a bill and give money to the farmers that are being affected by the by the tariffs that are being instituted right now against China. And the reason why is because the farmers sell a lot of their soybean crops and a lot of their wheat and so forth over to China. So with China putting tariffs on those products, it affects the, the farmers. And that's China going after the heartland, right? That is China saying, you know what, those are your voters right there, Donald Trump, and you're going to sit there and hurt them. And how much can $20 billion really help these guys out over time? Who knows? I'm not sure how much it would cost, but he needs to be aware that, I mean, Donald Trump needs to be aware that this is going to affect his reelection campaign in that sense. And I really think it will. Those are the, I mean, the farmers, those are the ones, the people in the rural communities are the ones that vote for this guy. If you look at the electoral map, all you see is, you know, that that map is all Republican all throughout the heartland of the United States. The only place where you see Democrats getting elected is in the cities. And it is important for him to protect, you know, to try to keep those voters. But they're going to turn on him. They really will if it's affecting their pocketbook. And these tariffs that he's adding, I mean, I've heard it from a lot of different podcasts I listen to that are like financial podcasts and so forth that say that, He's the person right now. He's the one that lit the fire by striking that match. And now he's going to come in as the firefighter and try to try to uh, put it out and get, then get credit for being the savior of it all. When he's really the one that is causing the problem, you know? Like, he's going to sit there and put the terrorists on, affect the farming community, then give them $20 billion to fix it, which isn't $20 billion of his money. That's $20 billion of taxpayer money confiscated from you, confiscated from everybody. So that's $20 billion, and he's going to come in and act like a savior, like he's doing something for these people, when in reality, these guys, I'm sure they just want to sell their crops into the market and get it bought by China, because China buys a lot of soybeans and a lot of wheat from America. That's all they want. And he's going to sit there and try to claim credit for helping them with $20 billion when he need not have a trade war in the first place. All it does is affects the U.S. economy and the world economy. I mean, I was even listening to a couple other shows as well, and they were talking about how this is unstable for the world economy. It's unstable for... Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of things that are going on. The the economy of the world is depending upon U.S. trade, free trade among, among China, free trade among other countries, and so forth. And not completely free trade. We all know that there's not exactly free trade between the countries. But having these low tariffs and not having barriers is good for the world economy. And as countries start to pull back from that, it starts to affect the value of your dollar. It starts to affect interest rates. It also affects the fact that these countries aren't going to be buying the U.S. debt, which is dependent upon funding the government. So what this one was, this one podcast that I was listening to said is that by China and other countries around the world not buying U.S. debt, it's kind of put us into uh, the America into the predicament that 
they can't get the money that they need to run the government. So what ends up having to happen is that the Federal Reserve has to start guaranteeing that it will buy the U.S. debt in order to fund the government at a specific rate. During World War II, it was 2.5%. They used the, they, the federal government funded the U.S. war effort by using the money for that federal, federal Reserve basically printed. So as our government becomes more dependent upon the federal, the federal Reserve printing more and more of that money rather than borrowing it from China or borrowing it from other places, it kind of puts, us into, it puts it into predicament where that debt just keeps going up and up and up, which it does. We all know that. The national debt is $22 trillion and going up every single day, but with less confidence in the U.S. dollar and more dollars going out there, um, all it does, I mean, it affects our currency big time by doing that. And that's what this particular podcast was saying, was just that, you know, there are adverse effects other than the fact that we're paying more for Chinese goods. It also slows down the world economy big time. And that is not good for you. That's not good for me. That's not good for um, any of us when it comes down to, you know, are our jobs going to be secure at that point and things like that. I mean, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of challenges, and, I, and I'm not an economist by any means. My name is not Bob Murphy, you know. Uh, but I will, you know... I, I will try to bring you as much of that type of information as I can as well. And let's just know this, guys. Donald Trump is playing with fire on this particular issue, and I think that is not going to help his re-election campaign if he continues to hurt the farmer or just hurt Americans in general with these taxes. Yeah, as re- revenue to the coffers, the, you know, he was even bragging about that, how we have more revenue coming into the Treasury. Yeah, that's revenue from the Treasury that's being paid for by Americans paying higher prices for Chinese goods. And that's all it is. That's not a good thing for you, and that's not a good thing for me. So, um, but these Trump tariffs, I mean, I just, it's a, it's a debacle, man. It really is. And I don't think it's going to be very beneficial to the guy down the road coming into 2020 but you know what i he he surprises me every time he really does he surprises me every time i don't know exactly how to read him sometimes on the war thing like a, a week and a half ago it was i ran i ran i ran we're gonna bomb him we're gonna do this we're gonna do that and now he's starting to pull back on that he did it with north korea as well so i think that's just his mo though his mo is to overreact seem like he's overreacting to everything and then pull back. I guess he did it during the campaigns as well. Hopefully that's the case, but hopefully it doesn't get out of control down the road as well. Like these Chinese tariffs, hopefully he's just, I don't know. I mean, I hate to see him fool around with your your money and mine, right? Like we have 401ks, we have IRAs, we have things that are invested in the, in the stock market, and he's going to sit there and fool around with our money like that because he thinks that it'll benefit him down the road. I don't know. I wish I knew I wish I knew what it was. I wish I knew what what his his entire intention was, but that's his MO it sounds like to me. So hopefully that's the case with this with, with these tariffs. I know that in the end of June I read another article that said at the end of June Donald Trump will be meeting with the with the Chinese again to talk more about trade. So hopefully that starts to lessen up some of these trade barriers, these, these tariffs that he's talking about and that'll um 
that'll help to give a little bit more security to the economy as well. Because this guy could just ride it into the ride it into the White House, man. Ride it into 2020. He could just, you know, just the economy's doing good. Look at me. It's all because of me. It's so I'm so great. Look how great of a leader I am. He can do that. But he doesn't. It just seems weird to me. So, um, and and now and it gives it gives his the people that are running against him. It gives them so much ammunition against this guy to say, "Look at him. He's screwing up. He's screwing up China. He's screwing up Venezuela. He's screwing up North Korea. He's screwing up Iran. He's screwing up the economy." They can say all that about him. And it gives them plenty of ammunition to use, especially if something falls apart. So, um, if it were me, I mean, if I was in his shoes, I would just ride, ride it into 2020, man. That's what I would do. And I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys would agree with me on that. But, you know, let's get off the topic of Donald Trump. Uh, I just, you know, it just blows my mind. I've, I was reading somebody said, like, how much libertarians love Donald Trump. <clears throat> I think that a lot of people do get mesmerized by the guy. I do not. Um, I don't get mesmerized by any politician. I think that they're all money-grubbing junk sometimes, if you ask me. You know, that's, what, that's the way I feel about a lot of them. So um, you'll never have a biased reaction from me on these, on these candidates, I can tell you that. Uh, I will never be biased towards anyone. Tulsi Gabbard, the only reason why I even talk about her is because she is the anti-war candidate she is the pro-peace candidate so but then again i've done this show in the past and you guys know this she is a socialist in every other view and it's just not the best way to run our country it's not the best way to um to run the government i mean it's a way that the government gets more and more power and we want to take off power away from the federal government both domestically and on the foreign policy front so she might want to take power away from the federal government and the military by pulling it back. But she wants to give it all the power at home. And I don't think that's right either. So, um, you'll, But you'll never hear me being biased with, with these candidates because, let's be honest, they are all just looking to get reelected. They're all trying to sell a book. They're all trying to get more and more power for the federal government, and that's wrong. And that's why we as a group, as a libertarian group, needs to stand up and fight these people on these issues. Stand up and educate other people that politicians are wrong in what they're trying to do by taking more and more of your freedoms away every single day. So, hey guys, come on back tomorrow and listen. You can do that by subscribing. And you can also follow me on my Facebook page. Uh, just type I am the Empire and you can, you'll can you find it. You can also uh, Twitter. I am the Empire is at I am the Empire. And then also I am the Empire.com. That's where I'm at. You can, anything that I post, you can give me a, um, or you, you can comment on it. And, you know, then if, if I see comments, I always respond to those as well. So I appreciate you listening. Come on back tomorrow and you'll have clear vision for 2020.